Welcome into the Lock On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of things to get to today. We'll be joined by Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio host, talk a little college basketball as well as the Razorback basketball team. Get into some nonsense, <clears throat> and but we got to start with the Arkansas Razorback basketball team and the fact that they lost again to a team they shouldn't have lost to, and now they are fourteen and ten, losing to Missouri last night in a late one, which I always love those late games because I get to stay up late, throws off my sleep schedule. Not that I'm complaining or anything like that. But Missouri gets the victory 79-78 to over the Arkansas Razorbacks. And from all the takes that I could have from this game, I think the most frustrating thing about it all is the fact that Arkansas is a better team than Missouri far and away. Arkansas was playing better for at least a little bit, especially defensively. But I don't know what happened after halftime at South Carolina, but whatever it was, Arkansas's defense has epically collapsed. No consistency. No leadership. No anything. It's just, if you're just a ca- casual basketball fan and, you, and you're watching this team blow these leads, like, and, and, they didn't, and they have blown a few leads, but they didn't really have a lead in this game. They actually came back from this game. But if you've seen the way that this team has lost in so many different ways this season. It's got to be frustrating more so for you than anybody because you have to subject yourself to watching this team where it's like you wish that it could be better. You wish that everything could change. You wish that this team was showing some sort of consistency to be able to put themselves in a position for some sort of postseason play. But for whatever reason, they have yet to do that. 14-10, 5-6 14-10, and 5-6 and six in the SEC. Last night, they lose to a team in Missouri that was 11-11, 2-8, 2-8 in the SEC. They did in front of a home crowd of Missouri Tigers. That was probably a third full. And I think that's being kind. It's being generous. And you know, you know it's a bad situation. And you know it's a bad situation for that team. When on Gucci Row, on your high price, high-dollar seats... You have a Razorback basketball fan wearing a Daniel Gafford jersey sitting down there. Like, that's how you know your team isn't good. And Missouri is not good. But Arkansas lost to him. Arkansas found a way. Can't blame Daniel Gafford. Guy goes 12 of 17. 26 points. 8 rebounds. Fantastic game by Daniel Gafford. Can't blame Isaiah Joe. He was another X factor. He had 17 points. 4 of 9 from 3-point land. 6 of 11 from the field. He did his job. But you get no consistency from anybody else. It's not like they even turn the ball over a lot. I mean, 12 turnovers, it's still always one too many. Even one turnover is too many. But 12 turnovers isn't exactly crazy. But you only had 9 assists. You had guys on the bench that didn't add anything. You had Gabe Osaboyan and Adriel Bailey take two three-pointers apiece. Missed them all. Why? Why? 
Why do Adrio Bailey and Gabo Saboyan feel like they need to shoot threes ever? Ever in this situation? Because they're open. I don't care. I'm sure Daniel Gafford's open for some threes too, but he doesn't need to take threes. And these are the things. And then the execution in the final play of the game where Arkansas gets it all going for them. They get a perfect setup. Perfect setup to where they get a foul call. They get to cause a turnover. It's an offensive foul called on Missouri. Arkansas gets the ball back right underneath their own goal. With, I guess, what was it, about 12 seconds left, somewhere over 10 seconds? It was plenty of time to make a play. I thought it was closer to eight. Maybe eight. I just know it was plenty of time. And you try to run the same play that you did the previous possession, and Missouri was expecting it, as you could tell from the defensive performance. Jalen Harris just throws up a lob. Not even a shot, really. is more trying to get a pass and doesn't even go in. Razorback fans, when you see these things over and over again, these are the things that frustrate you. These are the things that you scratch your head at. These are the things that you wonder. It's like, Mike Anderson, okay, you do a lot of great things. There's a lot of things that you do well. You're a good coach, and I know that people will say, no, he's not. Well, listen, you you never have a losing season and not be a good coach. You may not be a great coach, may not be an elite coach, but he's a good coach. But those are the things that happen in these games where it starts to make you scratch your head. It's like, okay, if it was me, and I'm not a basketball coach, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything about basketball because I don't. But if it was me, and I see Gabe Osaboyan and Adriel Bailey taking threes, I'm pulling them out of the game and say, don't you ever do that again. You're not a three-point shooter. Get out of the game or know your role. That's how I would approach it. But yet we still see Gabo Saboyan and Adriel Bailey shoot threes. Like, have they made some this season? Of course they have. But they don't need to shoot them. They don't need to do those things. They don't need to have those plays. Jalen Harris, I don't know what's happened with him. I don't know why he's even taking threes. Like he does, there you have Isaiah Joe is the only one that needs to consistently take threes. Mason Jones, okay, you can take threes too because you've made a few. But besides that, I don't want to see anybody else on this team shooting threes. But you have way too many of those. Five of 20 from three-point land last night. 28 of 60 overall. The only thing that you actually have improved on and you have done well is your free throw shooting. You were 17 of 23 last night. Well, good. At least got that up. But there's just so many head-scratching moments with this team. That it just makes you wonder, what, what's the concept? What are they doing? What's going on out there? Where's the decision makers? Where's the leadership? It just doesn't seem evident right now. And that's where the inconsistent play is coming into play. The team is, the NCAA tournament is gone. The dream is gone. It was on life support as it was, but now it's really gone. You're not going to the NCAA tournament. Now you're playing for the NIT. Yeah, before last night, a bunch of bracketologies, including Jerry Palm, Bracketville, Joe Lenardi, Arkansas was listed as the first four out. Uh, I think actually Palm had them last four in. But that I was even say surprising. But yeah, they usually update these not daily, but weekly. every two or three days. Really, yeah, uh, and bi-weekly. I would I would be very surprised if Arkansas was still listed even in the yeah. last four out at this point based on the Missouri loss last night because that's a bad loss. Yeah, because you're five and six in SEC play. Best case scenario, if you won out, you go twelve and six. That's not going to happen. They're not going to beat Kentucky. They're not going to beat Auburn. 
They got Mississippi State coming to Bud Walton this week, and Mississippi State's a tournament team. Probably not going to beat them. You just put yourself in a really bad position. South Carolina and Missouri, you should have won those games. Because if you would have won those games, it's a different story. But you didn't. The inconsistent play is a frustrating thing to watch. It's a head-scratching thing to watch. And it just makes you wonder, where's the end game? What's the end game? When's it going to get better? When's it going to turn around? When is Arkansas basketball going to be able to go back to being a bona fide NCAA tournament team? Because they're not this year. They won't be next year. When will that happen? Time will tell. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Aaron, appreciate you joining me. How are you doing this morning, man? I'll tell you what, John, I was a great follow last night in the middle of one of the craziest meltdowns I've ever seen. I was going bananas. Everybody should be following me anyways, but uh, <laughs> I was especially I was especially on brand last night. Well, hey, hey, so let's just start right there. We'll get into the other stuff. But with Duke coming back from a 23-point deficit late in the second half against Louisville, Louisville's no slouch. I mean, they're a top-20 team for a reason. I'm trying to remember of any type of epic collapse – that I've seen like that. I know it was at Texas A&M and Northern Iowa in the tournament. That's one that a lot of people brought up. But, man, it's a, you're, you'd be hard-pressed to find more of a, I don't know if that – was that more of a comeback or more of a choke job? Well, it was funny. I, I was just talking to Ty about this. Uh, one, it was definitely more of a choke job. Uh, it, what, what was funny was, actually, um, over the weekend, UCLA was up 22 points in the second half, 14 with five minutes to go. And lost at the buzzer, but because it's UCLA and they're terrible and they fired their coach and I was the only one watching it. Um, no one knows about that game. Like in that game was an unbelievable watch as well. Uh, UCLA had more like mental mistakes where like Louisville, they just broke down and it was crazy because, um, you know, Jimmy Dykes, a buddy of your guys was on the call and, and you, you kind of heard him go from like, uh, you know, hey, this is getting uncomfortable to, oh, my God, they're going to blow this lead, and that's exactly what happened. Now, the block charge thing at the end was very bizarre to me. I don't claim to be a rules expert, but I don't know how a, a, review, how a judgment call can be a reviewable play. Um, but independent of that, uh, it was more of a just a choke by Louisville where all of a sudden, I mean, it, it literally, John, and I know a lot of people listening were probably watching, but for those that didn't, it was like watching your brother's eight-year-old team that just couldn't get the ball past half court, gets the ball past half court and then doesn't know what to do. Uh, Chris Mack's a great coach. Louisville is going to be just fine in the long term, but it's going to take a long time for them to live that one down. Yeah, I'd be pretty sick to my stomach if I was a if I was a Louisville fan right now, being able to have that type of epic collapse. So yeah, well, it made for they've had a lot they've had a lot to be sick to their stomach about <laughs> over the last couple of years. I mean, when you lose an NCAA championship banner, um, oh. you know, when you uh, have strippers in the dorm room, uh, you know, this is just kind of you know just another page in the Louisville playbook at this point. You know, yeah. Not to mention the fact that Papa John apparently has switch allegiances. He was always a Louisville <laughs> guy, and now he's sitting in a Kentucky shirt at the Kentucky game. What's going on with that? So here's the deal. I don't know the geopolitics of Kentucky very well. Um, my understanding was like he had always given money to both schools, but because his name was on the building at Louisville, yeah. um, that was why like he was always associated with Louisville. But I think my understanding is he's from like right over the border. 
He's always supported both schools, always given money to both schools, but he kind of publicly stopped giving money to Louisville after the Rick Pitino stuff. It's funny, like Rick Pitino, when he had his book out, he came on my podcast and, you know, he kept calling him the pizza boy. He never called him uh, by his name and there was all kinds of to do. So I don't know the geopolitics, but yeah, it was weird seeing Papa John in that UK blue last night. Oh man, let's switch it up. Let's talk a little bit about this Razorback basketball team. Lots of fans have been frustrated this morning. They've been calling in this show. Lots of people want changes. They're sick of it. They, the fact that they lose to Missouri last night, which is Missouri's just a bad team by one point. It, it was not a very good feeling for many Razorback fans. Arkansas's fourteen and ten. You you follow them a little bit. I know that you know a lot I about do. them. Just I mean, what's going on with this team, man? What what can, can you figure them out? Because I sure can't. Well, and I think that's the problem, John, right, is like if they were just really consistent, either consistently good or consistently bad, I think people would be okay with it. And like, you know, I know that there's a lot of like Mike Anderson talk right now. I get it. But I also think that we have to remember that they lost, I think, six seniors off last year's team that virtually everybody is either Daniel Gafford, a sophomore or a freshman playing a big role. And so I think if we just went into the season saying, hey, it's a team with one superstar sophomore, a bunch of freshmen and guys that have never played uh, a ton of minutes. And by the way, the freshmen aren't LSU's guys that were all McDonald's All-Americans and top 20 recruits. They were, uh, you know, kind of developmental players. I think we would have been okay with that. But it is the, the ebbs and flows, the peaks and valleys. The fact that you do beat Indiana at home, and I know Indiana's really struggling, um, but then you lose some games that you shouldn't lose, like Western Kentucky. The fact that you turn things around in SEC play when four in a row in SEC play, all of a sudden, you know, I feel like I was leading the charge on the national scale of, wait a second now, Arkansas is very much a bubble team. And then I started seeing other people catch up. And then, of course, you lose back-to-back. I mean, the thing is, you do have to remember that, um, you know, it's always tough to, to win on the road in conference play. But I would also add that, to, to your point, John, Missouri is not very good this year. South Carolina is beatable. And as I said on Ty's show last week, you know, the midday show with Ty and Phil Elson, is at a certain point, if you want to be a tournament team, if you want to hear your name called on Selection Sunday, you got to win some games you're not supposed to. And so I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I think most Arkansas fans would have taken a split this, these last two games on the road. Maybe, you know, they would have been thrilled, obviously, with a, a 2-0 start. But to lose both of them, I get you're on the road in conference play. But, again, if you want to make the tournament, if you want to hear your name called, you got to win some games you're supposed to. And right now Arkansas isn't doing that. Speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio right now on the morning rush. Aaron, you know, another thing that just dealing with this Razorback basketball team that I've gotten in arguments with people about is just when, especially when the season was starting and Arkansas was struggling with losses against Western Kentucky and Georgia Tech and whatnot, I I was getting people tweeting at me who were upset that I said that I don't want to hear a team is young. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that a team, oh, okay, well, this team's just young. No, I think that the college basketball realm, everybody's young. It's just a matter about how good your players are and how fundamentally sound they are. Is that a good, I don't want to say an excuse, but is it a good reason when you see teams like Arkansas, for instance, who don't have a lot of experience to just chalk it up and say, hey, this team's young. This is why they can't beat average to below average teams, especially on the road. Well, I think it's why you don't see consistency, right? Like it's why, you know, the the thing that makes Tennessee, Tennessee 
is they freaking bring it every night, but they also took those lumps at some point along the way, and we don't remember them now with Tennessee being the number one team in the country. Um, but I would also say this, John, is that I think that, that it, what Will Wade is doing at LSU right now is unbelievable. And I know that every time you bring up Will Wade, there's always questions about recruiting tactics with his name getting caught up in the FBI and all that stuff. But like, let's just look at the on-the-court product. And I think college basketball fans have been spoiled by Calipari, been spoiled by Coach K. Like, it isn't easy to take a bunch of young guys and get them to buy in on both ends of the court, get them to be consistent. And I think that's what's so impressive to me about the Will Wade deal is, you know, he's never been through this before. This isn't year 10 for him at LSU the way it's year 10 for John Calipari at Kentucky. And even Kentucky has had some down years here. I mean, Kentucky last year lost four games in a row in the middle of SEC play. You know, they've entered the tournament at times as a nine seed, and now sometimes they get hot and make a tournament run. Sometimes they don't. I don't think it's easy. Um, It's not an excuse. I don't think it's easy. But I do think that it does speak to just – I just think the inconsistency. I mean, right, like it's one thing if you're just not very good and you just can't beat other good teams. Like I'll give you a random example in college basketball right now. Like Indiana, which obviously Arkansas beat, like I just don't think they're very good. And like you watch them and they try hard and they play hard and they do their best, but other teams are just better than them. And I, and I think with Arkansas, it's somewhere in the middle of you don't want to make excuses, but I also do think that's why there's the inconsistency. There's the insane highs and the insane lows, and I, I'm not making excuses for Mike Anderson, but I do think that's part of the deal, and I, I, I do think it's fair on your end to say being young is no longer an excuse in college basketball, but I also think that to go from the extreme experience of last year's Arkansas team to the extreme experience of, uh, inexperience of this year's team, like it can't be overlooked either. You know what I mean? That's right. No, I I see what you're saying, man. And that's the thing is just there's two different sides to it. And it just seems like that's something that a lot of people will just throw out there as an excuse more oftentimes than not. But I also get what you're saying. Uh, Aaron Torres, a Fox Sports radio host. Real quick, man, before we get out of here, Arkansas going to make a return trip to the College World Series in baseball? Oh, whoop pig, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, you guys have the voice of Hogs Baseball in that building still. Yeah, I'll let you I'll let him. uh, you know, break down the, uh, you know, the starting nine. But, you know, listen, I know things didn't end well last year, but I I actually remember asking Phil because I knew how disappointed everybody was. And he told me that he thought that there was a nice window here for the Hawks to to do this pretty consistently and have a good two, three-year run. So I'm hoping for it. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking about the Razorback basketball team, but baseball season is upon us, and I just want everybody to know who's listening to this podcast. If you end up going to Fayetteville and you end up going to watch a game in Bomb Stadium, be sure to come out and see me in the outfield because most of the time I will be out there in the hog pen or in the outfield or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to have my chairs. I'm going to have my food. I'm going to have my drinks. I'm going to have my crew, my squad. We're all going to be out there. So if you're listening to this podcast, you end up having a chance to come down to Fayetteville and watch a game of Bomb State, especially during the SEC series, hit me up. I'll be out there. I'll give you a handshake. I'll take a picture with you. I'll even sign it. You, it'll only be it'll be very cheap, only five bucks. And uh, actually, I'm kidding about all of that. But just come out and see me, man. We'll we'll hang out. We'll uh, we'll uh, 
I don't know, dish, whatever people say these days when it comes to that stuff. But, no, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely be looking forward to that, and hopefully you guys can make it. I'm excited about baseball season. I don't care what anybody says. Baseball season is fun. Even if the team's not good, which most of the time they are, but even when they're not good, it's just one of the more fun games to go to. And so uh, with the Razorbacks being really good this season and projected to be one of those teams that's going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So uh, I'm sure that a lot of you are going to be listening into the podcast. We're going to have some great guests. Hoping to get Phil Elson on here soon to talk and preview a little bit of the Razorback baseball team coming up. So that should be a lot of fun as well. So appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Your Neighbor John for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 